babies. Thank you, Irene. Thank you, Irene. Bill, how are you? Good. How are you? It's weird at mid Thursday afternoon. I like it. I like that. Uh, we just open up to a room full of smoke. <laughs> just, just, a, got, just got out of work. Just a hazy Thursday. Cloud. <laughs> <laughs> That's not bad. Uh, we are doing this afternoon show as a special release with some serious hockey news going down. And um, we have, we know that you have prior engagements this evening um, that Ray is probably really angry about. So do you um, think so? Like he just seems so salty when I saw your text when I woke up this morning last night where you're like, Oh, I'll just talk 30 minutes to myself. That's why I was like, well, fuck, I'll just jump on. I can just jump on. I, I left work early. Cause you know, we're driving to Guilford. I can't leave at five o'clock and yeah, try to get, get to the, there. I'll never get there. So I was like, I'll just take a half a day. That's why I was like, I have plenty of time. I'm still waiting for her to get here. She's not going to get here till like three ish. So I was like, fuck, it's plenty of time to do this shit. Uh, so sure salty about I'm it. I'm sure though. the salty one will be happy to hear that too. <laughs> He's just real salty about everything. I shot him an invite. We'll see if he makes a guest appearance here, uh, so he can nod uh, while he looks uh-huh. at uh, Paige Van Zant's uh, uh, all, uh, only, only fans. fans. In the corner. <laughs> <laughs> he just doesn't know a shit ton about hockey, and it's just like, oh fuck! I'd ra- I want. I was kind of pissed that I was missing right after the draft or the free agency because I wanted to talk hockey. So I was it's like, a lot fuck, to get dude, to. Yeah. So let's do it. Welcome to the uh, Silver Mind Sports Show special Thursday hockey edition. If you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe, uh, rate, review. If you're listening on the podcast, do the same. Please tell your friends, share it, uh, subscribe, unsubscribe, fuck with those algorithms. Uh, welcome to the Silver Mind Sports Show. Uh, Ray, is, it's also, it is also midday Thursday, so this is the first time I'll ever admit to not drinking a white birch beer during the show, but I think that that's, that's accepted when you're doing a midday Thursday show. Yeah, for sure. Otherwise, we are exclusively always drinking our favorite white birch beer, beer our favorite New Hampshire craft beer, brewery uh, down in Nashville, New Hampshire. Bill, address, please. Uh, good side of Amherst Street, 460 Amherst Street. Yeah, that's not exactly how we do it, but that's okay. That's producer Bill <laughs> stepping in. The good side of Amherst Street down in Nashville. Get down there, get yourself a flight, get yourself a pint. Uh, if you can't get down to the brewery, find it in your local beer stores. Wherever you get it, tell them the Simple Minds boys sent you White Birch Brewing. Uh, so what started out as a really slow day, I was actually so getting so aggravated and pissed at Don Sweeney and the Bruins. I wrote a blog at like 11 o'clock AM yesterday and released it asking where the fuck was Sweeney because rightfully so, because this the, the free agency didn't start at noon on Wednesday. No. Free agency started three, two, three weeks ago. And we heard deals coming out left and right, not to mention all the trades that were going down. And the Bruins, meanwhile, were absolutely silent. Well, that did not last long. So let me quickly give you the signings and we'll get into it. I'll try to go in order, but I kind of forget. So I think the first one that came through was Derek Forbert, uh, the defenseman, left shot defenseman, uh, three years, nine million uh, for old Forbert. The next to come in kind of came in simultaneously, Eric Huala. Two years, 4.75 AAV in Tomas Nozick. Two years, three and a half million. Uh, and then we got some bigger ones. Uh, I guess you would call Nick Felino. I think is how you pronounce it. I think it. that's I, how you say it, yeah. I think in the season we were pronouncing it Phalangios, which... Yeah, close enough. Might be more fun. Uh, 
Nick Foligno is a 33-year-old veteran, been around the league a little bit, last in Toronto last year, but really made his mark in Columbus. They got him in a two-year deal, $7.5 million per. And then uh, the big one out of the day, Linus, not Linus, Linus Olmark. They pulled another guy out of that shithole, Buffalo. Uh, and this was the big one, four years, uh, a total of $20 million there. So um, significant day, uh, five players total. Um, 15.925 million cap hit with those five players. Uh, you're looking at a perspective number two goalie, third pairing defenseman, some bottom six forwards. Uh, and then just to round off the day quickly, Dan Vlader was traded to the Calgary Flames, and David Krejci is yet to be signed. Uh, and the big elephant in the room, uh, not a top four defenseman, was was brought into the into the room here. And you only got about two million left on the cap. We expect a big trade. We expect that to involve DeBrusque. I throw it over to you. Your uh, your initial reactions to the signings. What was your favorite? What was the best? Uh, pro- I like Flangio a lot, or Felino. <laughs> Flangio. <laughs> I, I like Felino as a you know as a player, but he's past his prime a little bit. He can play left wing, play center. He basically play all three forward positions. I mean, tentatively right now, he's he's expected to slide into your number two center role. Um, his best days of scoring are kind of past him. You know, I, I like him more as a bottom three, bottom four, uh, you know, lineman. You know, they filled every need they really needed, except for that big left shot defenseman, you know, top four defenseman. I mean, if you think about it, this reminds me a lot of the, what the Patriots do in the, you know, in the years past, build kind of building around Brady with like, not star-studded names, but guys that are going to give depth and guys that are going to help this team win. If you think about the team the last three, four years in the playoffs, one of their biggest issues with third and fourth line on that team, you know, you had a good, you know, in years past, you just had one line. Now, last last postseason, especially against the Islanders, you had two, two lines that were rolling. You saw a defensive-heavy team kind of shut the top two down. You had zero skill in size, really, on the third and fourth line. You're bringing in Hula who had 24, 25 goals for uh, Vegas on their cup run a couple years ago. He's going to slide in probably your third line center, maybe third line left wing, depending on where you're going to play coil. Uh, That other four they got out of um, Winnipeg or whatever it was, the Novak or whatever. Yeah. Was that Winnipeg? So anyways, but he's another guy that's going to slide right in in your third and fourth line, but you got to understand what they did. They added size and they added speed. Sean Crowley's of the world, Nordstrom's of the world, Chris Wagner's of the world, even Lazar, all undersized guys that could not hold up for the rigors of the playoffs. And that's proven. I think as much as the under the, as much as the first line's kind of underachieved in the playoffs, there's a big reason by it. They're facing their top, top D pair every night, the top checking line every single night they're in the playoffs. And they had, because there was nothing there. These aren't huge lack. They're not huge superstar teams, but this is adding depth. If you look at Tampa, who just won a Stanley cup, Coleman just went out to Calgary for fucking $30 million. You know, um, two other guys, one went to the Rangers. The other guy went to fucking uh, uh, Seattle. Like you saw some of these guys, those are just depth guys that you need. Now you have the ability to roll three, four lines consistently. Uh, there is some question marks, obviously with uh, Felino. Again, his best days are behind him and you kind of hope that he has to stay healthy. He only played 11 games total after the trade to Toronto last year. He got hurt and played four games in the pre in the postseason, had one point. Um, so hopefully that he could kind of pick it up the scoring with a little better players. You know, right now he's your second line center with Hall and in, in, uh, on the left and, and Craig Smith on the right. So you're hoping that, you know, he can kind of find a spark two years. I think he's making what three, six, three, seven, which is, you know, it's yeah. not huge money, but it's it's 
they needed to fill those holes. There was no line. There was no room on the second line. There's obviously no room on the first line. Uh, the biggest thing that I hate the most is the, is the f- top, you know, top four defensemen. Cause yeah. as you have right now is well, hold on. Let me, let me, let me reflect back on uh, just a little bit of what you just said, because I think just to summarize that day, I think it was a really good day for the Bruins for all the things that you just said uh, in terms of filling a lot of holes, getting, uh, you know, bringing that top six, giving them the size and the speed like you discussed and making them a competitive couple of units compared to what you've had the last few years. Um, and I, I like Felino. Uh, Cassidy has come out and said, basically their center position is going to be uh, outside of Bergeron by committee. You've got everyone you sign, essentially every forward you signed essentially has the uh, skill to play the center position. So you're looking at a Felino coil Hala. How do you say his name? Hala. Hula. Uh, no Zek. Uh, all these guys have the ability to play center. You still got Lazar there. So um, yeah, you're, I think you're going to see some shuffling down there in, in the bottom six for sure. Um, that being said to what the point you're getting to, this is all good right now. And I fully, you know, with only $2 million left on the cap, um, you know, expectations of Krejci out there, maybe Tuca for the love of God, we'll get to it. There, there has to be a move. We think it has to be DeBrusque. It seems like he's been pushed out with these forward moves. So I'm going to sleep on my... Charlie Coyle either. Well, I was going to get there. Go. I was going to, I was going to get there because, um, I, I, good moves, way good place to start. But if this is where you're finished, not good enough. You certainly need a top four pairing. And now you need a second line defense, uh, second line center because Felino's not that guy. Uh, I like him. I think he can mix in. I've said give Coyle that second line and see what he can do. But if you want to move him with a DeBrusque or something else for a big top four guy or, you know, I, Eichel. I keep throwing Eichel out there. That, um, I mean, that that just real quickly, that coil contract, the DeBrusque contract, whatever you want, get you Eichel. Yeah. So and he was last seen the first day of free agency skating around in Boston with one Bruce Cassidy. So let's is uh, that even allowed? How is that allowed? <laughs> well, he's not a free agent, right? So I don't think consider, I don't think it's technically uh, tampering. It's like you see it in the NBA. It's all, all these guys getting fucking gyms together. Yeah, but not but the coach. Not first the coach. day of free agency, you're out in Warrior Ice State Arena skating around with Cassidy. So keep your eyes out for something big going on there. But let's just stick with what's happened to, uh, so far. And um, that lack of... You know, that lack of getting the top four defensemen, we saw all the free agencies go off the board. We've seen all of these trades. We were speculating for days. Nothing yet. Um, that's a, that's that's big. That's big. This Derek Forbert guy, he's your PK. I mean, he'll he'll slot right in at the PK, but he's, yeah, he's your third he's bottom bottom. Yeah, it does give you more matchups now. So you have Grizzly kind of locked in at the number one pairing with Charlie McAvoy. But it also gives you that matchup later in games where you can mix and match with O'Reilly and then with a Forbert. You can bring Forbert up and play him with with McAvoy, which you kind of see, and you've mentioned this a bunch of times on our show, Grizzlick. I mean, he's undersized defenseman. He gets beat up a lot. So exposing him down on the third line is a lot better than kind of have him play a heavy, heavy minutes, especially in the playoffs with the first line. So it gives you a little little flexibility there. You're Let me still, stop you there. We're sorry to interrupt you, but just while you're on Grizzlick. Don't sleep on him being put in a deal too. I wouldn't good, be surprised. I think his deal is what two, two and a half to three million cap hit or three, three, four. It's something not not crazy, but I mean, 
to go back to your point with the Eichel trade, because you and I kind of agree on this, because I was about to say the same thing. You have Coyle, DeBrusque, and if you want to throw in a Grizzlick and a first-round draft pick, I mean, that makes the money work. It does make you – if they make that move – you kind of see why they went out and got all these depth forwards guys that can play center by committee guys that can play off wing, you know, guys that aren't centermen, but can play You have Stadnicki, you have Trent Frederick who also can play at center. So if you really wanted to just start thinking about moving coil, moving to breast, moving Grizzly, moving a first round draft pick and getting something back from Buffalo, uh, AKA Jack Eichel. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that seems like the most logical move. Uh, you heard Vegas is in on, on Eichel. I think I texted you guys that the other night, they were looking for like the corpse of Riley Smith, a couple other, two other guys in a first, which looking at that deal, I think the Bruins can offer comparable, if not better players. So I've been so, saying not to toot my own horn, but I've been saying this Buffalo is not in a position. They have no fucking leverage. Like we, it was they, their first expectations were four first round picks or prospects that met that equivalent. Yeah. You can't get that for a guy that wants out of there has either a knee or a hip or whatever that, Oh no, a back. it's a neck. It's, it's a, a neck. neck. He wants surgery for Buffalo he wants said no to go to Boston. He, uh, you know, it's a disaster there and it's $10 million for a guy that underachieved certainly last year. And the year before that, he, he, you know, also didn't have a great year. Um, so I've always thought that Buffalo was in a real shitty situation when it came to Eichel. Um, you know, I, I don't know if I want to become Buffalo East, which is what it looks like Boston's doing right now, but yeah, it's hard yeah. to pass up on a guy like Jack Eichel. If you can get him for the likes of Coyle, DeBrus, Grizzlick and a first, I mean, that's yeah, a fucking that, no brainer. Yeah. It, it seems cause that's a, a low asking price. I expect a bounce back. You know, I've been a big fan of Charlie Coyle since I got him in 2019. I was real down on him last year, obviously, because, you know, he was injured. No one really knew, but he was playing on a torn up knee. So you're hoping getting a healthy coil back in playing him with, you know, Smith and, and Hall, like that's a formidable second line, right? I mean, yeah, you're I'm thinking okay. about you're a top five second line in hockey. Probably if you get 15 to 20 goals out of Charlie Coley, I think we'd all be happy with that. You know, if you look at Taylor Hall last year, he's on a 41 goal pace since he joined the Bruins. I expect him to be between 30 and 40 goals. Honestly, if he's healthy for the full year, now you're getting a healthy him coming in training camp in the system. I expect him to be a lot better, a lot motivated. Now I don't think he's going to sit back. He finally found a home as he wants to call it. But again, I, it's weird what they see in these guys in Buffalo. Again, Olmark, Olmark, whatever his name is. Well, I'm, he, I'm sorry to interrupt you again, but I want to get there real quick. I want to touch on Krejci first, the well runs forwards yeah. position. Because now if you look at it, you know, I, I've been saying it's time to move on for Krejci, time to time to move on here. But the Bruins did what we've been talking about for, for a little bit. They've kind of followed that game plan that we thought would be a, a nice move for them. They found short-term deals on pretty short money with veterans that could come in and play right now and expand or uh, take advantage of this last Bergeron run. And, uh, you know, that's why I'm a big fan of the moves that they've made two year, three year deals for these forwards that can come in and immediately play and immediately be an impact. So now you look at the crazy situation and go, shit, if you got your top line intact, if your second line center is crazy with Smith and hall, and now you jump coil and you give them Hala and Felino. Now you've got three legitimate hockey lines. Plus you just brought in some beef down on the fourth line and Lazar's still there. I like him. So well, you got, yeah, your fourth you line gotta, right I now. Mean, is... That's formidable to the greater point. I'll throw it over to you. Krejci is still on the wind. 
I think the Bruins offered him a one-year below-average uh, deal and said, take it or leave it. It'll be there if you want it. And it'll probably be there if they if he wants it at any point in time during the season for a 35-year-old you know, player. That's not the worst thing, I guess. I'd like, I'd like to see him here sooner than later if he's going to take it. But I would say, you know, it's a, it's a Chara situation. Here's the deal. It's a one-year, $2.5 million, $3 million deal. Take it or leave it, Krejci. You know, we're not going beyond that. Let us know what you want to do. And if he comes back, you're looking pretty good. Yeah, I mean, because then you're legit have three solid lines. You'll probably start playing Trent, Trent Frederick down there on the fourth line in his natural position at center where you can move uh, Nordic or Nor, Nortech or whatever, Norris. Yeah. You can move him around. Tomas Nosek. No sick. Sorry. You can move him. You could, he's your bottom four guy or bottom. Yeah. He's on the, he's on the fourth line. So you can pretty much play him wherever you still have Jack Stanika. So, I mean, you have, you're going to have a lot of room and, and again, you're putting a once 25 goal scorer with um, Charlie Coyle and then Felino scored. I think his high was 31 or 34 yeah, goals in, in 14 or 15 that, that one season. So I, I, another 30 goal scorer. I get it. His best days are behind him, but he could still skate. You know, and you can play Charlie Coyle on that right wing and move Felino to center, too. He can go so, anywhere. He can and, go anywhere. He said, you know, in his talks with the press, he said uh, Bergeron gave him a call day one of free agency, which helped. A um, little insight on Fel- Nick Felino too. His kid was once saved. Saved by Boston, Boston Children's. Children's yep. So, yeah, that going for him. Um, he was also told that, you know, there's an opportunity with Krejci in the wind that, you know, you could be getting second-line minutes with Hall. You can be getting third-line minutes. Um, you know, you'll bounce around. He'll, he'll be a little bit of a Swiss army knife there, um, which you can certainly see for that type of player. Um, yeah, it's just exciting to see the opportunities and the depth that you have. And now you can really kind of mix and match those young forwards like the Stadnikas, get them some ice time um, as you try to build your system back up if everyone can stay healthy. That being said, just real quick, give me your take on Krejci. Um, do you think he's coming back? Do you want him to come back? Does it make sense for him to come back at this point? It still makes sense for him to come back. I'm not, I don't necessarily want him back. I think at the end of the season, especially after when they lost to the Islanders, I think I was don't run it back, kind of let these guys go. But he did show something after with Hall, when Hall on that second line with Craig Smith. So, I mean, you can kind of see it again. It gives you a solid one through three option on the, on the, down the center at the center position, truthfully. And then it gives you again, three solid lines. I don't want him back for anything more than $2 million. You can technically sign him for more than that. I know you only have $2 million cap space. You're allowed to go 10% over the cap uh, on the off season. So that I, if I'm not mistaken, the cap's 81 million. So that gives you about 8.1 million. So you're about $10 million that you can technically still spend. Right. Right. But I mean, then you got to start addressing other pieces to get under that cap later on. But you know, I, he still has something left in the tank. It's not a bad option to bring him back. I want him no more than two million bucks. But again, I, I just just because I liked uh, what I saw out of that second line. You know, I, they just look yeah. revitalized. Well, so, you know, it I, just I heard someone say it the other day is like you finally got David Krejci a left wing or, or a, a solid winger, and now you're like now you're gonna uh, short arm him and not not give him the money, not have him come back. I kind of get that sentiment. I'm torn. You know, we, we were both like, it's time to move on. You know, we saw what we've seen what this team is the last couple seasons getting stomped in the second round. Um, but look, I, I think Sweeney's made some moves here to put him in a position and Krejci, I just tried to look up the stat. I don't have it, but he was like 
fourth in uh, assists per, per whatever. Six, yeah, per 60 minutes. Which it was, was a, behind McDavid, Drysettle, and uh, one other guy. So McKinnon, I think. Maybe. Or something yeah. like that, yeah. Three of the top 10 players in the NHL. Top five players in the NHL. <laughs> so, like you said, he's still got something to offer. Uh, that line did uh, kind of disappear in the playoffs. But, yeah, if you're looking at ma- – again, if you're looking at maximizing this time next two to three years, of yeah, fucking of course. If Krejci comes back on a, at two, three-year, $3 million deal, um, then go for it. And if you stash – if you pull lightning and stash him or, God forbid, Tuca on the LTIR, then – uh, you know, you're playing the system. Good for you. You fucking should. And, you know, and kudos, kudos, if if this all goes according to what we think, to uh, the Jacobses and actually spending some real money out there and, and going for it, because obviously we know their MO uh, at times is not to do that. No, that's um, true. And, and, you know, he was a big fan of the salary cap, and I'll give him credit as much as I think he's one of the worst owners in sports history. <laughs> he does allow the team to spend to the cap. So, there's because he knows he can't, he's not going to spend a hundred million dollars. You look at the Red Wings in the early nineties when they were winning back-to-back cups, they were spending a shit ton of money because there's no Stanley uh, salary cap. So, I mean, he, he is spending the money. You just invested $54 million over the next four years, I believe. Well, Dougie Hamilton got $63 million himself. That's a stupid so fucking deal. It's a very I- stupid deal. And, and that just sucks because the price of a top four defenseman with that stupid contract is, is, is a reason why you saw the Bruins kind of go to the bargain bin. There was a lot of holes in this team that they really needed. I don't think they had a lot of money. You saw Omar come in for 5 million bucks, which was their big signing uh, with AAV outside of Taylor Hall. That You didn't expect them to go spend that kind of money, not with the two young guys that you got to sign in McAvoy and Pasternak coming back. So you really you got to look for one that's signed long-term or has got a couple years left that's still – five to six range instead of the fucking eight to nine range that is costing Carl maker marker costs another $9 million. So, I mean, it's a lot of pr- the, the price out there for the fucking top four defensemen. It wasn't yeah. worth it. And even Suter got four and chain four for 13, which again, as a Bruins fan, as much as we wanted Suter, I wasn't paying him for, uh, I wasn't going four years for a 36 year old guy. A little bit long there, especially like you said with, McAvoy and Pasta coming up, uh, which is a story for another day. But, yeah, let's get into the goalie signing, which I thought was the biggest surprise. And not necessarily the signing, which was a happy surprise. Uh, Linus Linus Ulmark, uh, four years, 20 million, five per. Like you said, when that came through, uh, first of all, I had to look, look him up because who the fuck knows, like the semi-backup platoon goalie for the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, but as it, as it turns out, pretty good. Uh, last year for the worst team in the league, uh, had a nine, three, seven save percentage was had a winning record at nine and six, um, among goalies with 900 plus five on five minutes. He was one, two, three, four, fifth in the league. So pretty good guy. Let's assume that he's going to get the Buffalo bump. Anytime anyone comes out of that organization, they're going to be a little bit better than they were. Uh, we saw that with Taylor hall, but obviously when that contract came down, questions had to be asked Four years. When you, we all thought it was going to be turned over to Swayman and a veteran goalie backing him up, and then Vladar was whatever. Vladar gets traded to Calgary, automatically slots Swayman into the uh, backup role, and at five million per, uh, Linus Linus is your clear number one goalie heading into this season. And the four years things, I mean, isn't that a cock block for Swayman? I mean, isn't that going to get in the way? I'm not hundred percent against it. Um, I actually kind of talked myself into this signing. I don't, I wasn't a huge fan of it on paper, 
but kind of looking at it, he was nine and six, nine, six and three with Buffalo last year. The rest of Buffalo goalies were six twenty-eight and like five or some ridiculous thing like that. So you kind of saw it, 937 save percentage. I think he's 2.7 goals against for his career. Um, I think the biggest thing is too, um, he's not good behind a crappy defense because he was, they were Buffalo was last in penalty kill and his save percentage was eight ninety, yep. you know, on the penalty kill. But now if you look at uh, Halak over there in the Islanders, his couple, his couple years in Islanders was real down when they signed him in 2018, 2019 to bring him over. And he kind of put a, a good solid team behind him. You know, he's young, he's 26, 20, about to be 27. He's kind of entering his prime. Um, there's a lot to like there. Uh, he got hurt last year, I think uh, April 13th against the Boston Bruins and he never played again. Um, you know, it, it just reminds me of like a Patriot signing, like a Kendrick Bourne this year, you know, he, he kind of came out of nowhere at the four to $5 million, $6 million range for a wide receiver, you know, in the West Welker out of the world, it just seems like one of those kind of, kind of signings and where I alluded to earlier with all these picks for, you know, 3 million AAV for Ford Burke, 3 million for Mike Riley. It just seems like it was a Patriot esque off season for them because they're, yeah. they're close and the Patriots were close for, from 2004 to fucking the next time in 14 between, you know, the 10 year gap, 12 year gap they have between Super Bowls. They were close. Right. So, I mean, this is the kind of season as far as a, I'm not, opposed to them bringing in a goalie like this, I thought it'd be more of a veteran guy, a guy like a Bernier or someone like that, that could Brayton Holpe who went to Dallas for pretty cheap for a million and a half or whatever. I thought I expected to be someone like that and kind of hand the reins over to Swayman, but I don't mind. Hold on real quick. I don't mind the fact that they're, they're going to kind of bring them along slowly. And if you look at the way the Bruins run their regular season with goalies. I mean, you're, he's probably going to get between 30 and 35 starts anyways, where, you know, old Mark might get 50, 45 to 50, somewhere in that range. So, I mean, it's going to be a, a 60, 40 split and you're still bringing them on and a 5 million bucks for a backup goalie, you know, next year might not be terrible when you still have Swayman on a rookie contract. So, I mean, if you think about it, their goalie situation is no more than $6 million this year where they were paying Rask almost 8 million just for last year, right. you know? So, I mean that goalie. So if you think about it that way, you're going to sign Swayman to a bridge deal when his deal's up, he's not, you get, even if you get him a few at few years, you know, even if you get him at 5 million, 6 million bucks, they're Montreal's paying carry price, $10.1 million. You could pay two goalies that, you know what I mean? So, I yeah, mean, no, that, I understand. That, I, I look at, I look at the Bruins and the goalie situation similar to your football analogy. You don't see this a lot in hockey in terms of like the way teams handle certain positions like you do in football. But I think the Bruins have a pretty evident track record of being really conservative at goalie. We saw it with two, even when two was coming up, um, you know, and they wanted to give him the reins, but he showed a couple cracks in the arm and they gave it. They did give him the reins against fucking Phil in, in the playoffs well, of Philly. I mean. Yeah, that's what I mean. Um, you know, and then they backed off of it and they're very cautious about losing that guy. And, you know, say what you want about Tuka Rask, but he's the most successful goalie in Bruins history in terms of longevity and statistics. Obviously, we know his track record in big situations. Uh, so you have to look at that and, uh, and understand that that's probably their viewpoint in terms of Swayman. You look at the young guys around the league, uh, Bennington in um, uh, with the Blues, Bennington, you, yeah. who fell off the fucking face of the earth after that. Uh, the kid in Philadelphia, help me. Um, God, Kerry Hart. Kerry Hart. Really? Murray Murray from Pittsburgh had a Stanley Cup, and then he's he's already out. They have Jerry there now in, in, in yeah. Pittsburgh. So, so we know that goalies are wired. Dombrowski, look at him. He won the fucking 
the Calder and he he sucked the next couple of years and he got revitalized over there in Columbus when he won a Vesna. So, I mean, right. it, there's a long history of it. So, yeah, you can see that happening. I, I think that the, the Bruins organization and Sweeney's been there a long time. Cam, obviously been there a long time. They have a certain way that they want to handle goalies. So, yeah, when you when you take a step back and look at it from bird's eye view, that four year deal for uh, Linus Linus is not terribly surprising uh based on what the Bruins uh, have done with goalies. The only thing I'll say is next season, if Swayman is clearly the guy, you got to give him the reins and you got to find a trade partner at that point, right? So you're setting yourself I don't up think I... for a potential move. I, it, whether it's the money or whether it's the dis, you know, or, or does Linus Linus want to be a fucking backup? I don't think so. So at some point, if Swayman really is the guy that we think he is and, and it advances there quicker than the Bruins think that he can or should, you're going to, you're just going to be in a situation that you'll have to manage. But at this point, it seems like you've got um, a goalie that fits your system in terms of put a good defense in front of them. Don't make mistakes and give us a chance to win. Looks like that's your guy. And then you got a young kid coming up in the ranks and you've, you've cleared that path getting rid of Ladar uh, for sure. So um, uh, the last point in this though, because we'd be remiss not to bring it up when Dun when uh, Dunce, when he was asked about Tuka Rask quote, We've always left the door open for Tuca's return, Sweeney said. It allows Jeremy to continue the progress at a natural rate, but also give him the opportunity to be at the NHL level. Ugh. Ugh. I don't think Tuca's coming back, dude. You're a butterfly goalie with a torn hip labrum. You just got to fix, what, Thursday or yesterday? Yeah. Well, you had to get a couple of rounds out there. Yeah, of course and, uh, he did. Yeah. <laughs> you know. No, it does. It does. He did keep the, you know, the door open window open, whatever the fuck you want to call it. But it just the way the thing with Swayman and, and, and all all Mark, you got probably two years to really figure it out. I think that's a two year window unless Swayman plays out of his fucking mind and establishes himself as, you know, a Calder trophy candidate, a Vesna candidate. I, I expect him to be one of the best goalies in the league in four or five years, honestly, just from the 10 game sample that we got. So if he keeps, naturally developing it, you know, the pace of Bruins still want them. You got about two years between these two guys before you're really going to fully hand the reins over. And then at $5 million with the market still going up and still going up. I mean, if you, I think this is more signing for like the future because the market for goalies is going to go up. I mean, carry price is already at $10 million. I know it's a stupid signing by the, by them, but uh, flurries at seven, $8 million. The, the money's going up in two years, I believe. Yeah, with the ESPN money. and t So you expect the goalie, all the goalie contracts to start really going up. So, I mean, you're going to have him at a bargain base price of 5 million bucks, where, I mean, if he shows good for these two years, whether it's 50% duty, whether it's full-time goalie and Swayman, and keeps progressing the way he's progressed. I mean, that's a trade chip right there. I mean, you you think it, he'll be right at he's the 28 or no, yeah. So he's going to, he's going to be so. basically right at 30, right around that 30 mark. I mean, if he starts balling out where he's that good, but then you have Swayman, like if you lead the team, the league next year and goals against or least goals allowed and shit like that. And I mean, yeah, you have a two year window to really figure out your goalie situation. Now it sucks. He kind of lost later. I thought he had a little bit of talent, but he was out of waivers. You had to send him. You couldn't send him to Providence without clearing waivers to get a third round pick. I was hoping that he could have kind of package him for a serviceable left shot defenseman. I mean, again, he's still a young guy. He's only 23 years old. <coughs> Excuse me. You think you'd have more value <clears throat> than a third round pick. You know, it, it, we've talked about packaging him into Brust together and it was just weird, but as soon as they signed this, you knew something was going to 
had to happen quick. And it was, it was kind of shocking to see him just trade Vladar. But I mean, he was the most logical sense. Cause you want, you want to trade Swayman. So, I mean, yeah, 5 million bucks. I'm okay with the money and we'll yeah. see. We'll see. Get that stink of Buffalo off. You've seen again, I keep alluding to the Patriots because that's what it reminds me of a lot this year is pulling guys out of divisions off shitty teams and turn them into real players. Look at Taylor Hall. I know he has as much talent in the world as the number one pick, but he did nothing in Buffalo. He comes here. He looks like the fucking MVP caliber that he was three years ago. So, I mean, this hopes. Yeah, you can, you can definitely uh, like the Buffalo bump. Let me just give you a quote from Sweeney. Um, because I, I think I, to, your, to your point that you've been making about the Bruin or the uh, Patriots analogy, I think Sweeney has a plan. Um, and I think he's trying to execute that plan. My the question mark is defense at this point, obviously. So we'll see where he goes from that. But this was his quote when uh, after day one of free agency, he said, quote, we've always felt our core group was so dedicated and driven to win. How could we support that moving forward? We were mindful of term during this period of time and identifying players that would fit into that driven mindset. Brandon sort of started that by signing long term, Brandon Carlo. Uh, that allowed us to move to the next player in Taylor Hall and fitting the pieces together. So that encourages me because it seemed like they had a plan of attack. They wanted to go out there. You get Carlo on a long-term short money deal that that allows you to sign Taylor Hall on a semi short-term money deal. Now you've got the money to go out there and free agency and sign. I will say, I don't think Mike Riley was their first choice. They I don't either. They were in on Suter, didn't get him, And they were in on uh, the Martinez, Mar- Alec Martinez out there in Vegas. Didn't get him. Yandel as well, but I'm gl- kind of glad they didn't get him either. So yeah, they must have passed on Yandel at 900k from Philly, or maybe he passed on them. I don't know. But either way, let, let's uh, you know if Mike Riley was their third, fourth, fifth pick, whatever. Um, they have that look. They got a hold of Phil, and that's left shot defenseman. That is undeniable. If they go into the season with Grizzlick as their your top pairing with. Uh, with McAvoy, McAvoy yep. I'll be disappointed. And I think you've just set yourself up for the same outcome that you've had the last several years. And all of this really nice uh, roster building that you've done is all for not it. We saw it last. We saw it in the playoffs. I mean, your defense was awful, awful. I get injuries played into that, but injuries are always going to play into that. So they have to address it. Um, they have to get a top four pairing. And I still think that they probably need some more depth there too. Um, but yeah, you know, first day one free agency Bruins came out with a bang and, uh, certainly there's more to come. It has to be, I think you're going to see more, again, a more trade in the works. Debrusca seems like the odd man out at this point, he's getting $4.8 million of, of real money this year. You know, his cap hits only what 3.65, but he's getting four, eight in real money. So, I mean, you're going to want to try to move him and then they, they do value him. They just think they don't want to give up on him. And, and but at this point, he got to, I mean, he's got to go. He's got to go. He, they tried him on coil line. They tried him with Krejci. They tried him with all these, you know, birds around at one point. He's moved up and down the four lines. He just, he doesn't get it. He's the bubble hockey, table hockey fucking player that just goes end to end and just can't, he just, it just, it amazes me that he had 27 goals three years ago and now you can't do anything. Like you just complete, it's got to be a confidence level. Let him go somewhere else. He's just trying to save face because he was a, a wasted draft pick by Sweeney in his first draft. But as far as the, his free agent signings go, I mean, he had to hit on him because he's been piss poor. I think Craig Smith, honestly, was probably one of his better, better signings, which was last year. I mean, you look at Matt Bolesky, 2015, Ooh. his Ooh. first major one, you have to, 
bury him in Providence, get that money off the books and eat some of it. I think I don't even remember where he went to. Then you had uh, obviously David Backus kind of coming over at the next year and a lot of uh, as big money deals. So he's kind of went away from it. And, you know, he's his trades have been better. He went over, got Rick Nash. You can't really fucking uh, control his. His yeah, concussions, but uh, Johansson the next year was Charlie like, Coyle. Johansson was really good. Yeah. Um, Taylor Hall. Like he's made Taylor good Hall. moves. It's just, yeah. And his obviously his drafting uh, to start was uh, pathetic to piss poor. It seems like, uh, you know, all the experts have said that his, this, this last draft 2021 um, they're high on. So, uh, maybe he's turned a corner as a GM. Not a lot of GMs get an opportunity to go through a learning curve like that. But when you're in the Bruin system, it's hard to get him out of there. It's because he's been making hard. the playoffs. It's hard to get him out of there. You get to the playoffs, you got a job, baby. Um, and that's that's uh, Bruins under Jacobs, and that's fine. Uh, it's an, it, it it makes for entertaining hockey seasons year in and year out, and I'll take it. But uh, it would be nice to see him make that next step. Uh, I think they had a good. A good step in that direction uh, for day one of free agency. It's nice whether they whether they put Tuca on that LTIR or not. You bring in a, a goalie at five million bucks. We're move it. We're moving past the Tuca era. If something crazy happens and uh, Linus Linus gets hurt, Swayman gets hurt or whatever, and they have to go back and rely on Tuca, then okay. But it's not like he's your goalie for the future. That that ship is pretty much sailing i think which is good i think that's a move in the right direction same with Krejci. if he's here it's for one more year we're moving forward um and, and you, we got a two three year window here with the bruins uh, with these signings hopefully uh, they can focus just as much on the on the uh you know on the providence side of thing and we start seeing the young guys come up and we look at the next era uh but for now let's keep our eye on the uh the trades uh, going on with the bruins and see if they can get a left shot defenseman in there we are out of time. This has been the Simple Mind Sports Show, uh, special edition hockey show with me and Hockey Bill. We'll see you on Friday. See ya. Bye-bye. I was going to try and get into the rest of the league, but there's so much. So much. And it, dude, honestly, uh, so many of the guys, I, I'm like, I don't know who you are. I don't know who it's you like, are. The like, Cal- and I, Calgary, I follow Calgary hockey, is but, all Jesus. over the place. Mm-hmm. They've been fucking, they've been moving and grooving. Uh, Bruins were in on Coleman. He was the number one option, but six million or five and a half million you got. I'm, see ya. Bye-bye. I'm not paying. Coleman at six or Felino at? Uh, what is he at three two or something like that? Three, three seven. Uh, probably Felino because it's only a two year deal. Well, where Coleman got six, you know. And again, I, I allude Mapaleski. He played with Corey Perry and Ryan Getzlaff out there in in uh, Anaheim and scored twenty five goals a couple years in a row. Well, look what happened when he came out here in Boston, and it just feels like some of these guys down there in Tampa when they're yeah. so fucking big. I mean, Braden Point just signed. Braden Point just signed for an eight-year, eight million dollar deal. He he is undervalued at eight million dollars, in my opinion. Yeah. So I mean, and they Coleman Coleman is the exact guy off a championship team. He was a third liner there, taking on you know talk about the Bruins first line taking on you know the best competition. I mean, what kind of what kind of competition did Coleman really see as a third line winger on the Tampa Bay Lightning? 
he was getting he was getting the trash from every other yeah. team and cleaning up. And frankly, he, in the playoffs, I think he averaged like a goal every six games or something like that. Yeah, he, he it was basically one goal a series, yeah, but it, it, it was, felt yeah. it felt like a a big goal every series. You know what yeah, I mean? I mean? It wasn't one of those like it, the it was, I like him. He's a grinder. He's a big guy. You know, he plays b- both ends. I I get that, but. I'm out on that deal. He's the exact guy you're talking about. Like he's going to go to Calgary and try to be a second line guy for them. And he is not going to fit that bill. I just don't, I think that he's got that Tampa. Bump on him. They had a couple guys, uh, Grudrow, I think he's went who, who the Seattle Kraken took in the, in the, uh, well, they, the Bruins, he was at the top of their list. And then the guy that the Rangers got, it starts with another, another G or something. I forget his name, but he got traded to the Rangers from Tampa. Bruins ran on him. I think he was a restricted and they can't afford him down there in Tampa because they're up against the salary cap at this point. You know, they were $17 million over when they won. Still over it by yeah. seven or eight. Was They're going to put Seabrook on LTI, LTIR now. Well, that was play the same fucking game. He's done. He's never playing again. No, no, he's done. He's never oh, playing again. Oh, I didn't know that. No, so he's never going to play again. It's it's basically the Mark Savard thing. Um, you know, they they kept him on every year. Then they traded him to Arizona or Florida one year because they needed to get to the um, the floor, the okay. cap floor. So they kind of they kind of threw him in there. But that's kind of what happened. The thing with the LTR with with Tuca is that you got to be out the whole year. If he's only projected to be out January or February, if I'm not mistaken, you can't come over. You can't come off of it mid season. Cause it's, it's basically you're out for the whole entire year. So I don't know if you can really play that. And if the way Swayman, if Swayman and, and Walmart are actually playing really good, what would be the point of bringing to switching that up? If they're playing, there's zero points. So it just, I don't understand why you're kind of leaving the door open unless Swayman you know, regresses from the 10 games that we saw and doesn't look like the guy that is ready with the, f- especially come now, you got to go to have a full slate. You got a full off season. You got a full workload coming 82 game schedule. I believe if you know, you uh, kick a uh, puck drops October 16th, I think is their first uh, game one, you know, so you don't get a full off season. You, you just finished in what June. So, I mean, that would be my only guess. You don't have to sign him until mid season, but the thing with signing a mid season is he has to clear waivers before he can come in and someone can plunk him off waivers. And then that's a whole nother mess. Cause then he'll just refuse. And then the Bruins can't go out and sign him again. So it's just going to be, there's a lot of weird, tricky ways that they're going to do it. But I mean, if they're going to sign him, one, you don't, you don't ever dress three goalies. It was the same problem with Dan Vladar and, I feel like Swayman is going to learn better at the NHL level. You don't have to give him the full slate of games, but if he's getting 30, 35 games up the NHL level, I think it's more beneficial than him being down in Providence. So the door open for Tuca makes zero fucking sense. Yeah. I don't like that quote from, uh, from Cassidy that the doors allowing Swayman to progress more naturally, but also somewhere in those, in that language, he said, um, you know, there's a, Swayman doesn't have to go through waivers to send him back down to Providence. So I would hate if they have the idea that, all right, well, we'll keep Swayman as the backup here until Tuca's ready. And we're saving some money for him on the books right now. We'll pay him the 3 million come January, February. We'll bring him in, send Swayman back down to Providence full time and go with that battery. Fuck that. Just cut the Mm. fucking cord, man. It's over. It's over. Yeah. Like it was just, over two years ago. It was over in game seven against St. Louis. Yeah, it was no over. Shit. Well, I mean, trade him. Him and Krejci, they should have fucking dumped for some first-round draft picks. They'd be looking okay right now. What is on your lip? 
It's a zit. Oh, it's driving me crazy. It looks like herpes. <laughs> like, what the I fuck? To, I was trying to hide it with the mic. I can see it. <laughs> oh, oh, shit. Fuck you, Bill. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> You're welcome.